Welcome to Become the Me I Want to Be, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs like you focus on driving your personal growth, building your positive energy, and giving you the support that you need to achieve your goals so that you can win in life and succeed at home. Rachel Peterson, thank you so much for being on. I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. And we're going to talk about one of the things that made me more than your being the social media queen. I want to talk about one story later on in regards to your airplane story, as I call it. I love that story and it baffled me, so to say. So we're definitely diving into that. But first of all, what I've seen from you, because I see you everywhere, what is your secret? to success on both life and work? Because I've noticed people are struggling to make both work. And you are, for me, one of the biggest examples that seems to have made it, that seems to make it work on both ends. Ooh, I love that question. So one of the things that's really interesting, and I just shared a post about this, when I talked about saying no more. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing that's really interesting that I noticed is it kind of seemed like a lot of people assumed that 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 my post, which I'll give you guys kind of a recap of it. Basically, I shared that for years I've been saying yes to a lot. I say yes. I've said yes for three years to almost every single opportunity that's been in front of me to travel, to speaking, to Facebook lives, to writing book chapters, to giving away courses, like all of this crazy stuff. I've been saying a lot of yes. Mm -hmm. And I believe that saying yes is a huge part of the process. And now I'm going into a phase of my life and my business where I am after years of establishing the yes, it's time for me to start saying no, mm. which is really, really weird for me. But one thing I noticed like in the comments about it was it seemed that a natural assumption was that that meant that my family didn't get any time from me. Mm -hmm. or that I've been an absentee mom, or that, you know, I don't spend time with my husband. And I'll be honest, there aren't many things in my life that get my priority. Mm -hmm. When I talk about like wanting to make more time for my family, it actually means my extended family. It means my sisters, mm -hmm. my in-laws, my nieces and nephews. There are only a couple things because we don't have unlimited time <laughs> in the world. And I am somebody that loves to work. I really, really enjoy working. But I also really, really love my kids and my husband. And so I keep my priorities really close and tight. I spend hours with my kids almost every single night except for Mondays. Every single night, I spend hours with my kids and my husband. Right now, we aren't in a phase where we're able to make date night happen, but that's part of what we're doing with the next phase. But we're able to take trips together. Mm -hmm. We connect every single day. My husband and my kids have been a priority, if not parallel with, mm -hmm. maybe even more so than my business. But everything else has had to take a back seat. And so... A lot of times people think like, oh, you can keep everything perfectly balanced. And that isn't true. But I think sometimes we accidentally let things take the driver's seat in our lives. And a lot of people do this with like Netflix binging mindlessly, scrolling Facebook at night, going to things that you don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so if something wasn't in my business with my kids or with my husband, those were the only things that I said no to. 
So it means I said a lot of yes in my business, a lot of yes to my kids, a lot of yes to my husband, and then a couple of close friends that feel like family. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't able to prioritize everything. So as crazy as it is, that those were my three major priorities. And so if anyone's wondering, like, how did she do it all? I didn't exercise. I didn't take on any hobbies. I didn't go to any movies hardly at all in movie theaters. It was just kids, husband, business. That's it mm-hmm. for years. Exactly. So that, that is kind of, as you can call it, the secret B secret, right? Just having clear view of what are my priorities at this moment in time, right? Knowing that they can change yep. Yep. and then focusing fully on that. All right. That makes a lot of sense. I've been working on that as well. And it's helped a lot because, well, as you know, I think you work from home sometimes as well. Your kids come in and they want something and it's like, you know, that's where impatient behavior comes from unless you have that priority clear it's like okay kids first or 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 partner first whatever you choose right and then after that comes work if necessary i like that i appreciate you sharing that so share us your origin story who is rachel peterson how did you get here who started calling you the social media queen and of course as a father i would love to hear your family set up as well For sure. So my origin story um, kind of starts back when I was like 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. And I liked social media a lot. I, you know, I actually liked social media back when I was like 13. I was big into like MySpace and coding Mm -hmm. my profile and picking my top eight and putting the frames around them. And I learned how to just a little bit code some HTML so I could have a really cool profile with the right music and all of that. But then when I turned 18 or 19 was when I started to see something really different happen. So I started to reach out to people on Twitter. I had a Twitter profile way back then, which is so crazy because it's like 12 years later. And I started reaching out to people that were like reality TV show stars and reality producers, reality TV show producers. And the crazy thing is they were replying. Mm. And I had this just kind of crazy moment where I was like, you mean to tell me that like social media makes this, accessible. Like that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen because I hadn't really left Minnesota much. I grew up not in a small town, but like in a, in Minnesota, things are very like, you stay in the same city that you grew up in. You go to college, you get married right after college. You have 2.5 kids. You drive a minivan, you know, you get a four bedroom house, two bathrooms. It's just, everything is very similar because that's just kind of the way of life of Minnesota as a whole. And I didn't ever really realize there was access to something totally different. So Mm. what Twitter opened my eyes to is this idea that social media could connect me with totally different people. That was like mind blowing for me. That was one of the craziest things ever. And so that was my first real like kind of aha of there's something with this social media thing. I'll kind of go through the backstory a little bit fast because it's crazy. So um, at 21, I was a college dropout. Mm -hmm. I didn't agree very much with um, the college structure and I really struggled with it. And so I dropped out of college and all of a sudden, I found myself a single mom. And at 21, college dropout, no career, no significant other, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Mm. And at that time, you know, I, I, I had to figure something out. So I decided to go to hair school, but you don't make money while you're going to school 
doing hair. Occasionally you'll make tips or whatever. And so I was on welfare and food stamps. Mm. And so I was on welfare food stamps, renting one bedroom with my daughter and I, and just working so hard to try to make the best we could out of the situation. And I hustled while I was in hair school. I mean, I just was like, if I can get a job offer from one of the top salons in Minnesota, life will never look the same. Mm -hmm. So I hustled, hustled, hustled. And within one week of submitting resumes, I had five job offers from the top five salons, all five that I wanted. I got them all. It was really, really crazy. I was freaking out. It was an amazing moment. And I got to pick which one I wanted to work for. And so I started to be a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along that path, I met my husband. We got married 13 days later after a meeting. I knew he was the one. And then something really crazy happened. And that was that I started building my business on social media a little bit. And a client came in and she just wanted some support with her social media. So I figured, you know, like I'm not an expert in social media, but I know more than her. So I think I can help her. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my first jump into marketing. And I jumped into marketing from there. I quit the salon and it's kind of the rest is history. Nice. Oh, what history? Part two, the, there was a part two to that question. What was it? The parenting setup, or yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What would you know? What's your family consist of at the moment? Because I think I saw pictures with three kids. Yes. Right? Okay. Yep. So it's my husband and I. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an eight-year-old daughter, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. So it's all across the board with ages, and we are done having kids, and I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy that we're done. That era of babies is over. I love it. I love my kids, but I'm so excited because now we get to enjoy them growing into really cool people. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. So thank you for sharing that origin story. I actually have one question because as I mentioned right before we start the live, like, you know, Hey, I'm very nervous. I've blown this up in my, <laughs> for myself before we started. And I was wondering because I saw videos and pictures of you with some of if I would be with that people, that would be like the same. I'd be very nervous. Gary V, Russell Bronson, etc. How was that for you the first times? And if you had nervousness or maybe if you're in situation of being nervous, I was just wondering how do you make sure that those nerves help you instead of hurt you? Ooh, I love that question. So I think my moments of nervousness are different than mm-hmm. other people's moments of nervousness. So I'll dive into kind of what that means in just a second. But first, I'll answer your question about like, how do you handle nerves? For me, when I, because I do have moments where I get really nervous. I usually have like about one hour before I speak. Anytime I speak, I have the nerves that hit really hard, even though speaking is one of my favorite things. But by the time I'm on stage, I'm not scared. I'm not nervous, anything like that. And I literally have started to train my brain to recognize nervousness as Mm. excited. Like I'm not stressed. I'm not nervous. This is like a rush of adrenaline. This is my body prepping. This is like a fighter about to enter the cage. My whole team knows that every time, it doesn't matter if there's five people or if there's 4,500 people. Literally the moment that I, like one hour before I'm about to hop on is that moment where I hit those nerves hit and I look at them. Okay. I go, okay, I'm nervous. Nope. I'm excited. And so then we get pumped up. We listen to music. I start actually sharing with them the things I'm most excited about in my speech. I am not someone who likes to overly rehearse my talks. I like Mm -hmm. to actually 
go off the cuff. It's one of my favorite things to do. But I don't get nervous when it comes to meeting most people. Mm. There have only been a couple of times where I've lost my cool mm. when it comes to meeting someone. I absolutely lost my cool when it came to seeing Celine Dion in concert. Mm. That was like, there are only probably five people in this world where I would get really nervous meeting them, maybe 10 max. Mm -hmm. And these are like the greats that I, I think are just legendary. And I don't want to meet them until I've really practiced in my head what it looks like. The crazy thing is like from the time I started, I imagined the moments when I would meet Russell Brunson and I imagined the moments when I would meet Gary Vaynerchuk and when I would accept my two comic club award, I imagined all of those moments mm. so often that it wasn't like it was the first time happening. I felt like I had already met Russell and I felt like I had already met Gary and a lot of these things I had put on vision boards and goals and on bucket lists and all of these things. So when they happened, it didn't catch me off guard because I had literally been like, oh yeah, that's going to happen. Like, I feel like this has already happened. Mm -hmm. But there, like I said, there's probably 10 people who, when I meet them, it's going to be, if I haven't prepared it in my head, so I want to make sure that I, you know, prepare it before I ever have to meet them. Mm -hmm. There's only about 10 people where I might lose my cool. And seeing Celine Dion in concert was one of those. So we were in row five. And when she came out for the encore and started, we heard the boat from Titanic. Mm -hmm. And then we started to hear the flute. I lost it. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, total fangirl. But she's on my list of 10 people. So one of the things that really does help me is recognizing that other people sometimes get nervous to meet me. Mm -hmm. And I like... I'm a normal person. You know what I mean? Like, obviously there's some really cool things that have happened, but I, I'm still a normal person. You know what I mean? Like I make coffee. I wake up in the morning. My kids, you know, th sometimes throw temper tantrums in the morning. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's like that different about my life except for maybe the circumstances of things. Mm -hmm. And so when I imagine like the people that I admire and I imagine their life being a little bit like mine, it makes them feel like normal people mm -hmm. and it kind of takes away that nervousness a little bit. So does that help? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Great tips. You asked, how did the title of queen of social media come about? Cause I think yep. that was packed into the first question. It just came back to me. It was a while back when we were doing the expert. I think this is during the expert secrets launch mm -hmm. and uh, I really like game of Thrones. So I had someone Photoshop my face onto a picture of Daenerys mm. and we put across it expert secrets, mother of social media. So originally it was mother of social media instead of mother of dragons. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how that was going to go, but I ran it as an ad to just test it and see if it would work. And someone actually grabbed the photo, printed it out on a card and wrote inside of it, queen of social media. Mm -hmm. And I put that on my Facebook profile and somebody wrote out this whole, like, are you, are you familiar with Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We were okay. watching the real Yeah, we're starting over oh, watching it. <laughs> so good. So I, I put it on my profile and someone created this whole, like, chant. I think it was, like, either John Buchanan. I think it was John Buchanan. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to have to double check that. And he wrote, queen of social media, mother of the social media managers, breaker of poverty and he like wrote out this whole thing and it was just so funny and that first line like it, it just kind of stuck and I was like 
I'm going to see what happens if I use that once. And I mm-hmm. used it once and it just stuck. And I was like, you know what? I don't hate that. So we'll just go with that. That works. And that's how the name happened. Awesome. I love it. So thank you for sharing that. Coming back to that, that's, that's pretty impressive. So after that impromptu question of mine, let, let's talk a little bit about social media more. So I'm wondering because I'm struggling, like I'm focused on Facebook and on YouTube. And I'm, the thing I'm struggling with, and of course that's, you know, props for Facebook, for example, as soon as you're on Facebook, they know exactly what to show you to make sure that you start scrolling and you stay on it. So instead of using it as a, pro- a benefit for my business, I get stuck and I lose time, let's say, wasting at the moment, right? So I'm just wondering, what are tricks that you have learned that minimize falling into that social media trap? Great question, because I spend a lot of time on social media, so it could be really easy to mm. spend all of my time lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, here's something that's really interesting. It was probably a couple, maybe two years ago, when I got really, really, really serious, like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to play small. I'm going to go really hard after my dreams. I believe that anything is possible. I'm going to make this happen, but that requires some sacrifice. That requires me saying, do I want to scroll on Pinterest? Do I want to scroll through my Facebook feed or do I want to build the business of my dreams? Mm -hmm. And every time I thought about it that way, I started to kind of hate wasting time. Mm -hmm. And so, I am not a fan of wasting time most of the time. Now, I'm going to real fast differentiate one thing. I believe that if you are going to do something, you should do it with intention. So if you're going to go on YouTube to watch entertaining videos, just be aware that you're not actually learning and recognize that you're taking time to disconnect and watch entertaining videos and be conscious of it. Like, Just be honest with yourself about it. I really love video games. I really enjoy watching TV and movies. Mm -hmm. And so every time that we put on a show, I ask myself, like, is this the show I want to watch with intention and really sit down and focus and unplug? Or is this something that I really don't care about and I could multitask during this and like Mm. work out? That's a joke. I don't work out. (laughs) In a perfect world, I could work out during the show. Is it something I could you know, answer questions on Facebook during? Is it something I could sketch something out while I'm watching this in the background? I ask myself, like, is this something I want to unplug for? Is this worthy of my attention? Or is this something that is really a waste of time? Mm -hmm. And that really helps me to not waste time. So if you're going to just sit and scroll in your feed, make sure that you're conscious of the time that you're spending doing that because you could spend all day on Facebook feeling like, oh, I got to look for that next post, that good next post. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I find is if I'm not building like relationships, like encouraging my friends when I'm scrolling through my feed Mm -hmm. and I'm looking for controversial topics or posts that I don't agree with or something like that, that to me is a sign time's up. Stop. Mm -hmm. Because it's no longer being something beneficial. It's not being what it's supposed to be, which is a connector. Time to shut it down. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. Always try to be conscious of, uh, of what you're doing. But again, that's the, the props for Facebook, right? It's, it's amazing how they know exactly like which posts will make them sure that I will keep going. Keep going. 
So one of the things that you mentioned, like at a certain point, it just popped off for you. What has been your growth strategy on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> Great question. No one's going to like this answer because everyone wants the tip or the trick. And mm. my growth strategy on Facebook has been doing the legwork, delivering tons of value. And I know that sounds really fluffy, but it's actually not. If you really dive into what delivering value is, it comes down to serving people with responses, serving people with answers, serving people with posts that meet, that maybe have the opportunity to meet a need because it served you in some way. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of it. Building relationships on Facebook has been a huge part of my, it's not even a growth strategy. It's just building this really strong network. I have mm -hmm. a lot of, people who have become friends on Facebook in real life off of the world of um, the internet because I really care about building relationships and that that's been huge. I mean, it's doing the legwork that a lot of people aren't willing to do. So many people are looking for that tip or that trick or that use these nine words and grow like crazy. And that's not what it comes down to. I wish it was like, I so wish that I could come on here and be like, this one trick will totally like double your followers overnight, but there just isn't one. And I I've noticed that it's usually like every single year I've been shocked to see how many people drop off, give up, mm. stop, um, growing, stop serving, stop, staying in alignment with their core values, they their core values shift or they allow themselves to get um, kind of on the wrong path compared to what their highest self d desires. So, you know, it was right around two years where I started to really see this massive drop off of all the people I started with. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard. It was hard to see them give up. It was hard to see them accepting playing small it was hard to see them saying like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. When I was like, what do you mean? Like I have those same fears every single day, you know, but it, it's interesting because I believe that I don't even know if I would necessarily consider myself fearless because there still is sometimes fear. Mm. It's almost like fearless could almost be a synonym for being brave in the face of fear and taking it head on being like, you know, yeah, I get that you're scared. Yeah, I know that you think it might not work. But you know what? I have those thoughts too. Mm -hmm. And we have two choices. You can either give up or, you know, keep going. And so I I watched it two years, a ton of people gave up and there was very few people that I started the journey with left. And then at three years, there was a small handful of us, maybe five of us out of the initial, you know, 100 or 200 people that I had connected. Mm -hmm. And that to me just showed that you have to just keep going mm -hmm. and you have to do the hard work. Yeah, yeah, so what you're saying is consistency is the key. But what you've noticed, right? People have been consistent for a year and then all of a sudden drop off. Mm -hmm. um, so people are starting to wonder, yeah, okay, so how long do you have to be consistent? Any tip on that? <laughs> for sure. I, I have been very consistent mm -hmm. for three years. And that's not across every single platform. There are certain platforms that I've been very consistent on for years. There are some that go in waves at times, and then I take breaks with different seasons. But consistently across the board, 
most people know like you're going to see my name in my face across somewhere, right? You're going to run into me. Like it or hate it, I'm there. So just being visible as a whole in consistency is like, I don't know, around one year, you can start to see some results. Around two years, you can start to see like some real breakthrough. And around three years, and this is not a formula. This is just something I've noticed as a pattern. Around three years, you start to see like, okay, this is really starting to pay off. And I can only imagine after five years, you're like, okay, like most of the competition's gone. After 10 years, I can only imagine if like you come in with wisdom and expertise and experience and you've seen people go through situations, you've experienced situations, you've cycled. And I'm only three years in, which is so crazy to me. I'm excited for five years. I'm excited for 10 years. I'm excited to have more expertise under my belt, you know? And is that a trick Because you mentioned like you've been on more social medias uh, and trying to be consistent all the is that the thing? Like, should you be on? Because that's one of the things that I'm worried about is like, I'm focused on Facebook and YouTube, but then I hear people talking about Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest. And it's like, should I also start doing that? Or is focus good? What, what's your advice on that? Ooh, I am going to say something a little bit different than what most people say. Mm. The best platform is the one that you're consistent on. Mm. There are some people most people would say like Twitter's dead. There are some people who are still crushing it on Twitter. There are still people who are crushing it on Snapchat. There are like, it's just so crazy to me to realize that like, there's no such thing as a right or a wrong platform. Obviously there are some that are going to be maybe better suited for your business, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing that supersedes a platform that you're consistent on. So the right platform is the platform you're consistently showing up on. Mm -hmm. And, part is you get to kind of pick. So how do I pick which platforms? It's pretty easy. I don't go on any of the platforms I don't like. So I focus on the platforms I really, really, really enjoy. Mm. And then there's enough of those that we are able to be really present everywhere. Like I never liked Snapchat, so I didn't really go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. But like Facebook, I always like it. Twitter, I have fun with Twitter. TikTok's awesome. I love YouTube. Pinterest is wonderful. My emails, blogs, podcasts, Facebook lives. I I like all those. Mm. But it's better to be incredibly consistent on one platform and ultimately shift that traffic to a platform that you own as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Like email list, text message uh, list, uh, Rolodex, whatever you want to call it. It's more important to be consistent on one or two platforms than to be sporadic on all platforms. Excellent. Great. Then I'm wondering, how are you using, because of course, social media is great, but you want to grow your business. You want to grow your impact even more. You want to grow your your income, right? What has been your strategy? What's your approach to make sure that you grow your business thanks to the support of social media? Ooh, being visible. Being super visible, that's the best strategy I've used across mm-hmm. all platforms. And it was about three years ago that I kind no, I'm sorry. It goes back to when I was 18 or 19 on Twitter. And it, for some reason, when I started to tweet these like producers and reality show stars, I was like, oh my gosh, they know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might be like, 
okay, anyone watching this might be like, okay, Rachel, they don't know who you are. They responded to your tweet. No, like we had like Twitter conversations going all the time. And I ended up like messaging with a lot of them, got some of their emails and ended up being like friends with some of them and pen pals for years, which is so crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I realized like from social media, people could recognize my name and my face that at 18 or 19, even though I didn't implement it for geez, eight years, nine years. Yeah. Somewhere in there. I don't even know how old I am now. I didn't implement it again for eight or nine years. But then one day I realized, oh yeah, if I can get people to know my name and my face, magical things happen. And I don't know how to connect all the dots. So that's been like my main strategy is get them to know my name and my face. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Great. I appreciate that. Yeah, let's dive into the, the other part, which is important. It's not just the only business that I want to talk to you about. As I mentioned, for me, you represent the fearless mother. And I appreciate earlier on, you already mentioned, like fear doesn't mean, or fearless doesn't mean living without fear. It doesn't for me either. It just means that I look at fear in a different way and turn courageous or brave, however you want to call it. You just hit the nail on the head right there. So I don't have to ask that question. What I do want to ask, I want to talk about a little bit. I read your post in regards to the airplane story where you mentioned that a man told you, you sh or, you know, you shouldn't sit. And, and if you want to explain the story, you explain it better than I do, but you, sh you shouldn't be sitting at the um, emergency exit, right? Yeah. So I was on a, a plane ride. I think I was on my way to, I want to say Miami. And on the way to Miami, I, upgraded to the exit row seat because who doesn't like that extra room and oftentimes I book like last minute flights so it's like the second I get the opportunity to upgrade with some leg room I'm like yes please mm -hmm. so I was in the exit row and this guy sitting behind me says loudly to the flight attendant who's standing and kind of talking to me and I don't remember the exact words because I haven't I haven't even told that story since I made that post mm -hmm. but he said something along the lines of like I don't know if she's going to be strong enough to assist us in case of an emergency. And I like looked back because I was like, he can't be talking about me. And I, I said, I'm, I've got three kids. Like I'm plenty strong. Thank you. And he said, you've got three kids, like something like, where are you going? And I said, I'm on a business trip and I'm, I'm good. Thank you. And he said, there was like a, a little dialogue back and forth, but I think he asked something like, do you travel a lot? Like, and I said, yeah, I travel quite a bit. And then he said, oh, you're, you travel quite a bit. You must not make much time for your kids. Wow. And it was just so crazy to me, like hearing so many in a row judgments mm -hmm. of someone who wanted so badly to put me into a bubble because they didn't understand like me or why I travel or why I have three kids and that's what my life looks like. It's really interesting because at that time I was really like annoyed. I wasn't mad. I was kind of just like, okay, like, thank you. Sit down. Let me just read my books. But it, the interesting thing is like the more we've processed kind of that in similar situations, I realized that his statements and questions had nothing to do with me. Hmm. It had everything to do with him trying to get a grasp on the way the world works and what he knows to be true. Hmm. And so it was really interesting because I probably could have used it as a learning lesson, but I don't think I want to 
take the time to really engage much with strange men when I don't have my husband traveling with me just for mm. safety and security reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but he travels now with me everywhere I go just because of that, because of other crazy things that sometimes happen. So yeah, it was really, really crazy. And it, it irked me a little bit only because I was like, don't put your limitations on me. Like I could probably, well, I could fireman carry you, sir, because I know this, I've fireman carried a lot of people, but it was, it was just a really interesting experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's why it stood out for me as so much because, well, I've been raised very different apparently, and I don't have those judgments, especially not towards women. My mother actually kept her own last name, even though she's married for years and years and years. She's very... Um, strong and as she taught me that and when I wrote I'm like wow are, there, are we still there like are we still that backwards that we have to judge women in such a way and what then was my question as well was because if that would happen to me that would bother me for days so how do you make sure that something like that and, and it doesn't like you mentioned already something very important it's like I started putting me in his shoes, right? I understood, like, okay, he, it's not me, it's him. He's trying to understand it. But do you have, like, a trick, or, or what do you do to make sure that that doesn't bother you too long? That's a really good question. I think the more that you put yourself out there and are visible, mm -hmm. the more attacks and hate and trolls and criticism you get, and I've had a lot over the years. I mean, everything from the way that I talk, the way that I look, the way I do my makeup, the things that I'm saying, I must be stupid, I must be a bad mom. Like, there's so many. And it bothered me a lot at first. But then something just kind of clicked where I was like, this is always going to be there. And when I look at, like, celebrities' Instagram accounts, I see how much love there is and how much hate there is. And I realized if you want to grow to be in a place of, of massive proportions, you have big goals, you got to suck it up, buttercup. You just at some point have to say, I can't feel bad for myself anymore because if I let this rattle me, mm -hmm. then I am not able to go on to the next level because the next level has more criticism. The next level has more comments and opinions and judgments and advice and all of that. Occasionally, I'll respond and try to, you know, give grace. Sometimes I'll be tongue-in-cheek back. Mm. Um, but you really, it, I would just say, like, put yourself out there and experience it enough and make your goal to get to the place where it doesn't bother you anymore. So that, that was, like, a big goal for me. It really helped me to look at really successful people's social media accounts. And that, that helped me to see like they get it even more than I do. So if I really want what they have, that is going to come with the territory. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way of looking at it. It, it has been very hard for me in the beginning because I have another business where we have tons of following and people then start to hate. And it's like, then people love you. One person hates you. You focus on the one that hates you. It's so weird. So I appreciate you sharing this. It's very important to keep that in mind. Now, I saw a picture. I love that picture. All of you in uh, The Incredibles outfits. <laughs> oh, I got so excited. I loved it. I'm like, that's so exactly. Fun. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly what I was talking about with Armando Cruz. Um, and he was telling me, and I picked up on that immediately. It's, it's not about 
how much time you spend. It's just when you spend time, create experiences. And I saw that picture. I'm like, it seems like somebody else got that and is creating experience. Tell me a little bit or share. How do you go about creating these kind of experiences for your kids? Because, yeah, they're the most important things that we can do, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with the idea of it's not how much time we spend. It's the quality mm-hmm. to an extent. Because there are some people who will just say, like, I'll spend the weekends with my kids, and that's quality time, mm-hmm. which there's no shame in anything. But I will say when I recognize that like my kids are learning every single day, they're either learning from me or they're learning from someone else. or they're learning from YouTube or they're learning from Netflix or the books that they're reading, they're learning. And so if I don't take the time, this is at least my philosophy. If I don't take the time every day to have great conversations with them, we do family dinner like every Mm -hmm. single, almost every single night, but we, we usually either do family dinner or we play video games together or Sometimes we try to get the kids to bed early and end up spending an hour like doing like dance parties and tickle fights and all of that. We do have some really fun experiences. I will say experiences are more for weekends when I can unplug, we've got six hours. I really like taking our kids on adventures and trying new things. So that's kind of what I use the weekends for is like, let's create an adventure that is harder for me to do after a long day's work. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of how I handle that. I really like spending at least two hours every night with the kids. We usually spend two to three hours solid with the kids, with our phones away, computers away. So as you can tell, like I don't have much of a social life outside of my Mm. business. That's why it helps that I work with a lot of my friends and my kids and my husband. And Mm. that's okay for this season of life. How do we come up with crazy adventures? Um, I'm very goofy, super, super, super goofy. By nature, when we saw the Incredibles movie, I literally, this, there was this moment, because like, I think, like, I've always wanted to be like a cool mom in some way, but then all of a sudden I just realized like, I'm a mom and I think I'm cool. So dang it, I'm just a mom. And when I was watching the Incredibles 2, I was watching it. I was like, Mrs. Incredible is the coolest person. I want to be just like her. Like, Elastigirl, she's amazing. And so as I was watching it, I was like, okay, I've become a real mom. Like I am a mom. And that was kind of a weird moment for me. But then I realized, oh, we should do that as our costumes for Halloween. And so we bought the costumes in all of our sizes and it worked out perfectly. And it was like, let's do this this year. And now we're going to start doing more and more outrageous family costumes every year that we can, because that was so much fun. And the kids loved it. They got excited. I'm going to do it until they don't think it's cool anymore. So that's, I'm excited about all of our adventures. Awesome. And hopefully that they will never come. (laughs) They will come, but hopefully never. Um, So besides that, let me ask you one last question. I'm going to ask uh, the people that are with us, they have any questions for you as well. One of the things that, that stood out for me as well is just the way you, Talk about your husband online, the photos that I see and everything. What would be some of, uh, what would be like, let's say like the major tip for couples out there and married couples with kids to make sure that they stay connected with their partner? This is a really good one. Good question. So I will say that 
I stay away from giving much marriage advice for one major reason, mm-hmm. because it's not my zone of expertise. I'm an expert in or becoming an expert in our relationship, even though it's still pretty new. We've only been married for five and a half years. Mm-hmm. So as a rule, like people ask me a lot for marriage advice and I'm like, I can't give that to you. That'd be like me trying to give you financial advice, even though I figured out what works for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not touching that because that's your life and your livelihood and your future and your kid's future. So I don't really touch marriage advice, but I'll give two pieces of information that have really, really served me well. Mm -hmm. That is that our marriage is the most important thing in our lives. It is more important than our kids. It is more important than our business. It is more important than our house. You know, our marriage is something that in, in my belief honors God. I'm not saying everyone has to get married or has to follow a certain way. I'm just saying that like for us, loving each other well is one of the greatest acts of love and faith. And that's like our number one, that's honestly our number one priority. And it has been for a while. And I love that. But how did we get there? That's probably the question where everyone's like, well, that sounds easy. Do you like, you know, like, what is there one, two, three steps? We couldn't do it without the help of mentors. And so we work with Stacy Martino. I feature her sometimes like on my podcast or on my page. I talk about her quite a bit. And I just have to say like, she made it so easy. Her and her husband, Paul, his name's Paul too. Um, I'm always like, all the good ones are named Paul. So they transformed our understanding of how to put each other first. And that transformed our kids, that transformed our business, that transformed our happiness. So we, we really prioritized what they taught us and that allowed us to prioritize us first. So the two tips I have are that my marriage being priority number one has been like a game changer for our whole lives. And number two, how do you do that? Stacy Martino. She's the only relationship expert that I've ever met who has changed everything forever, which is crazy. Exactly. Well, I appreciate that. Great. And I like your honesty. Open recommend you saying, yeah, I, I'm not that expert. So I don't yeah. want to give advice on that. That's honesty, and I appreciate that because as human beings, we so have the urgency or innately want to, you know, give advice, right? I, I sometimes trap myself or feel like, hmm, I'm giving advice, but am I the right person to do this? And what I like here as well is that you mentioned, like, I got a mentor for that, right? I, I, I see so many people that don't have a mentor and keep struggling and struggling and try to figure out themselves. However there's a mentor or somebody that knows that's an expert and that you can you, you can take advantage of, right? So I really appreciate that. One of the things that I would like to ask is because three kids, husband, incredible business, how do you plan? What's your strategy on planning out of your days or your weeks? How, how do you get your whole planning set up? Because now you notice, you just mentioned in that post, like, okay, I'm, I'm going for my next platform. That means you must have had some sort of planning ready to like, I want to aim for this. And then I go, how do you set that up for yourself? Ooh, I think it's a work in progress all the time because mm-hmm. even though I planned to grow to this place in my business, mm-hmm. I think 
there was equal parts like belief and like not actually realizing what that it could happen, if that makes sense. And so there was almost like a realistic side that was like, worst case scenario, it doesn't happen. And then I go back to my nine to five. Mm-hmm. That sounds a lot more glamorous than how it really sounds. It's more, it's more like, <laughs> what if this all falls apart? You know, and we all know how that goes. There's that side of it. But then there's also the side that's like, am I crazy enough to believe that this can happen and actually act on that um, belief? And so there's both of those sides. I will say that mentors have been a huge part. So I, at any given time, usually have like three to five mentors and they help me with kind of seeing what the next phase looks like. I do pretty good at setting goals for myself, but I also learned that revenue-based goals aren't enough. We're in a phase of our business right now and our lives where having businesses that serve us and serve people well and serve our team to grow so that everyone is growing and everyone is benefiting, that is so much more important to me at this point than revenue. And so that's kind of one of our plans right now. And as weird as it is, I kind of feel like that's going to actually cause us to skyrocket. And I just don't really know how to handle it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so excited about it. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. let's just do that. Let's just serve people. Let's just continue to grow. Let's just continue to help others to grow when they, when they ask for our help. And somehow I kind of think that we're going to hit our revenue goals along the way. I don't, that sounds really like I don't plan, but I, I, I don't know. I just have this really strong gut feeling about that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, what's the plan? We're going to go for the next, what is it then? The X. Yeah. <laughs> I will be so excited when, when that day comes, because I know that that means that we did a lot of things well with the plan I just shared. Now, here's the crazy thing, because you might think that I'm saying like, oh, I don't want revenue. No, I love revenue. I think revenue is great. I think money's awesome. It's just a resource. I will say that if we implement the level of serving people that I believe is possible, I don't see how we could not grow to the CCX. And so when it happens, I'm going to be so excited because it's going to represent that we took the plan that was a weird gut feeling and went for it. And then all of a sudden some crazy way, some crazy how it happened. So I'll be excited for when I get to upgrade this wall and (laughs) that'll be so fun. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely rooting for you, Rachel, for all those that are listening, how can they follow you, contact you, uh, learn from you, ask questions, whatever it is. Great question. So there are two places you can find me, either on my website, rachelpeterson.com, and that's all E's at a D in my last name. And you can also find me on any social media platform as the Mrs. Peterson, all E's and a D in my last name. So Awesome. So again, Rachel, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for being you. Oh, my nerves are gone. We're gone from the first minute you started talking to me. So I really appreciate that. It's been a blessing to have you on. I appreciate everybody listening. And I hope you got tons of value. I got tons of value. I've written tons of stuff down that I'm going to implement very soon. So again, thank you very much. Everybody else, have a fantastic rest of the day. And I will see you guys very soon. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening to Become The Me I Want To Be. And be sure to join the Facebook group where we have a whole community of like-minded individuals moving forward in their journeys. A link can be found in the show notes. If you're looking at taking your growth and achievement to the next level, then let's set up a coaching session right now. Just click the link to book your transition call. Till next time, come on, say it with me. I'm becoming the me I want to be.